is it okay to start by saying that I do really love what you've done here in your church? Is that okay? I've known your church for 20 years, uh, and it was in the back row uh, that on a Saturday night about 24 years ago, uh, and this room was full, and uh, believed the Lord calling me into church army. Do you remember church army? It's not an army, but uh, it's a, a church army. It's a group of evangelists. So it was here in the back row in your church. So you're to blame. Uh, but, but I do love what you've done here. I, re- I have coveted and I have repented, uh, but I really do like it. Excellent. Okay, well, from the Bible readings this morning, what I would love to encourage us all in is our continual journey in being a good neighbour in word, spirit, and actions. So that's, that's the focus of this morning from this morning's scriptures. And I'd love you to cast your mind back. Could we go 30 years? So how old were you 30 years? Don't call it out. How was being a neighbour different 30 years ago as compared to today? How was it different? I'd like you to share at least one thought with someone around you. How has it changed being a neighbour in Balgala? 30 years ago. Off you go. Okay, would anyone be happy to call out, would anyone be happy to call out, how has it changed over the 30 years? iPhones. iPhones. (laughs) iPhones has changed everything, yes. Uh, What else? More isolated, isolated. yes, yes. What else? People are more private. iPhone, isolation, privacy. Yes, there's a link. Uh, Anything else? I think it's got better for us. I think uh, we live in the streets. A lot more community than I've ever been in. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Oh, great. Let's move into your street (laughs) with our iPhones. Um, (laughs) Okay, now come on. Come on, Australians. Come on. Uh, anything else different from what's been said? Something else that's changed? Sorry? The law has changed a lot, yes. Yeah. It's changed. It's changing. It will change again. And Hugh Mackay, does that ring a bell? A social commentator in Australia uh, says that the biggest downfall of Australia at this time is the crisis of the neighbourhood. It's the crisis of we don't trust our neighbours. Do you just knock on their door and, and farm off your kids or your grandkids and say, look after them for a while, I trust you. Um, apparently, we used to do that in the olden days, I'm told. And what about names? Do you know the names of those above, below, to the left, to the right, behind? You do? Oh, that's very good. Uh, 
But the isolation part, as Hugh Mackay says, is it because a lot of people are living through their headphones and addicted to their screens. So at the bus stop, what's everyone doing? At the ferry, what's everyone doing? At the dinner table. We are in an age-old problem that Jesus and the Lord has been battling since the beginning to get us to love one another. It's nothing new. This problem of the second commandment is real. And Jesus has an answer to a very smart person who wanted to justify himself with God. Am I doing the right things? Am I in the club of God? Uh, the expert in the law is the one who prompted this story from uh, Jesus in the, with the Good Samaritan. He was trying to justify his position and Jesus doesn't answer him but brings up the issue. And the issue is, it, it's not who is your neighbour, it is will you be a good neighbour? And Jesus brings about this answer to a crisis again that we're in in Australia. A crisis that the church is in again. I went to a conference on Friday uh, with the National Church Life Survey Group. Not the most trendiest group in town, uh, but who loves the statistic? Uh, yes, well, 80% of... No, I, I, won't, I won't do that. But they said that more than half of Australians, through their work, more than half of Australians don't even know a Christian. Don't even know one. So we need to blow our cover a lot more, don't we? Somehow. And just to be pragmatic on that, so we don't feel, oh. One pragmatic way is just to become a neighbour who says to our neighbours, through conversation and building relationship, hey, I will pray about that. Just a way to blow your cover, if you follow Jesus, can be a simple way through that to help other Australians know, I think, I think that person's religious. I think they must go to a secret club on Sundays. I think that if I'm ever in trouble, I'll ask them for help again because apparently, statistically speaking in Australia, Australians are very open to prayer. When there's a disaster on, send up the prayers. We don't mind that. Um, so just as I bring up the, the, the reality of where we're in, I want to bring up a sign of hope straight away and hold it for the end. Is that okay? All right. But the reality that we are in is, again, the continual need to renew ourselves in the Holy Spirit, to be available to our neighbours to be Christ-like to them. Jesus today brings us, this is the word part, Jesus today brings us a really inspiring definition again of what it means to be a good neighbour. He basically says through this story that we need to be a people who stop and have compassion, who stop and take pity, who are moved from within when someone is in need. I don't know... I don't know about you, but for me, I can get compassion fatigue. 
Someone can play me a clip of someone in our world not going well. Someone can tell me a story of a group in Australia not going well. And I'm not moved within. I'm not moved within. The first part of the definition of uh, Jesus being a good neighbour, if you want to remind yourselves, uh, in verse 33... The Samaritan, as he travelled by where the man was, he saw him and he took pity on him. And so if we are in a place, I'll just want to be pragmatic straight away with this issue of compassion fatigue, that Jesus has an answer to compassion fatigue. His answer is that we continually pray the prayer from Ephesians 3, verse 14, uh, about Father, this is a prayer Paul teaches us, I know you know this one, Father, may by your spirit in our inner being we may know the height and the length and the breadth and the depth of what? The love of Christ. And that's why we gather to pray together every Sunday. That's why we gather to worship God every Sunday to remind us, as Jimmy said at the beginning, how much God's grace and his love is for us. And when I stop and I engage with this truth and reality of God with us, I am moved again. I am able again to respond to those in need. But if I live on my screen, which all Australians have a problem with, and the world, if I live on my screen, this has got mostly to do with my head, if I'm living in my head, continually through other people's lives or through other people's thoughts, other people's content. If that's basically in my head, I'm not living from my heart. And that's why there is a crisis today of trying to get people just to connect and have friendships which come from the... And someone said the other day, that it's almost like we need to run a course to help one another make friends. Make friends. Apparently, it's really difficult to get teenagers out of the house because in the house, there's Wi-Fi. And where there's Wi-Fi, there's the chance for me to be in my own world. In the olden days, we used to love going on road trips. Yes? You just looked outside at 100 k's an hour when it was 100 k's own, and you just looked outside and you had to imagine and you had to use your brain to just look and enjoy. Do you remember those days? You had to talk to the person on your left or push them. You had to engage with people. It's not teenagers' fault and it's not their problem alone. Could I just speak as a 48-year-old? It's a lot of our problem. Face-to-face time is becoming at an all-time low. Yes? It's an all-time low, face-to-face time. And we as the church have a lot to offer through Jesus with face-to-face life. So as we, so my segue back to this prayer with the Spirit, as we allow God in his presence, his Spirit, to say, Jesus loves you, Matt. 
Jesus loves you. I'm filled again with compassion and love that I can then stop and see people again and be moved from within where the Spirit dwells deep within. The second part of Jesus' definition is he um, goes to him, bandages his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, uh, puts him on his own donkey, brings him to the hotel. I like to remember with our Jesus how Jesus has done that for us. By his wounds we are healed. Jesus, again, as we meditate on his wonderful compassion and grace to us, we are reminded of how he got messy with us. Anyone ever bandaged someone? Anyone ever put Dettol on someone's knee and gone through the beautiful experience of that? What about Mercurochrome? Oh, the days of Mercurochrome. And, oh, no, I'm going to stain something. Yes. Uh, when I think of what it's like for you and me to bandage someone, again, I'd like to stop and remember Jesus is bandaging us and how he got dirty with us, leaving his throne with the Father and getting involved with us. Uh, I know I'm preaching to the converted. Jesus gets that far involved with us to show this is what a neighbour looks like. But then he pushes us to the extra step. And I don't like this with, with his definition. Verse 35, the next day he takes out some money, he gives it to the innkeeper, and then he says, if the guy spends any money on the minibar fridge, this is where I cross the line. I'm not, I'm not going to cross the line. I was brought up to never take from the minibar fridge. Were you? Yes? Go to Woolies. Go to Coles or you'll do without. And anyone who spent from the minibar fridge, they have a lot of money in life. Yes? Well, Jesus' definition is what? If that person whom you did not know spends anything, you are to pay the bill with a joyful heart. <laughs> this is Jesus' definition of being a neighbour. So, a little pragmatic part of our little journey with this that you supported us in, and some of your children were only 15 when this happened. 2008, how old were you? Don't answer out aloud. In 2001, Soul Survivor began with All Saints Bow Gala, St. Stephen's Belrose, and a couple of other people. And we used to meet up at Sinai's Showground. Ah, oh, Sinai's Showground. And we met there every year with about 400, 500 young people. Then a missionary from Papua New Guinea uh, messed it up. Because when you build a Christian church or a, bit, a Christian event, you have it at the same place at the same time and you do the same thing. So everyone can feel confident in you. Is that correct, people of God? Well, this missionary comes in and he says, put your conference where your mouth is. And I said, that's a bit rude. And he said, well, if Jesus has given you the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit only loves to witness about his son. So if you don't want to witness about his son, give the Holy Spirit back to Jesus. I thought, that's a bit much. But you're a missionary and you've got runs on the board and I better listen. He's right. 
Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves to witness to the world how great Jesus is. So if you don't want to do it, you better hand him back. So I took that to our board and I took that to our leadership team and they said, Oh, we better do something. And I said, we are doing something. Every year we meet at Sinai Showground, we're doing something. And they said, no, sorry, Matt. If you want to do discipleship, you've got to model with your life. Really? Yes. You've got to model with your life to the young people, to the older people, what it means with being a good neighbour. So we prayed and we wondered where we had relationship and the bishop of Canberra, his name at the time was Stuart Robinson. And Stuart at the time said to us, uh, I hear you're looking to move your conference. And I said, yes. And he said, well, I've got uh, 26 churches who'd love you to bring your 500 young people to. And I said, that's great, because I was a church army evangelist and I was looking for opportunities to do this. So we took the 500 down, but the problem with this was everyone said you're going to ruin your job because everyone loves meeting at the same place at the same time and doing the same thing. It's a nice showground. You're going to ruin this. Like everyone said it. Everyone. (laughs) Do you ever know when you follow out with the Holy Spirit to love your neighbour and people around you go, you're going to muck this up? It's not going to work out. Have you ever had that experience? Stepping out with a dream or an idea? So we step out and praise the Lord, not because we knew beforehand, but praise the Lord. The conference grew. The 26 churches did get uh, helped. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. And ever since that year in 2008, we, we pray and wonder where we're meant to be. And it was only uh, last year that we were in uh, Coffs Harbour and that we were serving with the Anglican and the Baptists and and Pentecostal churches up there because if you're going to see a need and there's a group of us meeting, you've got to do something about it. Yes or no? And it really ruins your routine. It really mucks up the status quo. But when the Holy Spirit has leadership of God's holy people, dreams and visions and ideas and just good hunches can be followed to help people meet with Jesus. Isn't that what we're going to do this afternoon? Aren't we going to, this afternoon and tonight, follow the hunches of the Holy Spirit at home, uh, at Woolies, Aren't we going to follow his hunches to be a good neighbour to those around us? And whenever one of us does that, another Australian meets a Christian so that if they ever need help, they could call out and ask for it. That's what we do, isn't it? I need you to remind me, Matt, that's what we do, isn't it? Because I get distracted. Jesus met with a very religious person who wanted to know whether he was right. And Jesus said, I want to know whether you're going to live rightly. And to live rightly is to do this story.
I would like to ask us under God's grace and under God's spirit to recommit today. To recommit today. Not yesterday, it's already gone. To recommit to today with our family, our friends, upstairs, to the left, to the right, behind, in our neighbourhood, to following the hunches of God, to love them, to build relationship. So when Jimmy says, has anyone got friends and family to bring in here? We go, yes, I do. So go ask them. And apparently, I finish on this statistic, Apparently, 60% of invites from a trusted Christian are said yes to. Apparently, when a Christian invites a friend, a friend, your neighbour, to something, 60% they will come because they trust you. Will we recommit to Jesus in living like this? I say a prayer. Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you for your inspiring stories that inspire us to not give up. God, I give you wonderful thanks for my family here at All Saints Balgala. We give you thanks for all the many stories we can tell of being a good neighbour here. But Lord, we want to recommit today and for the future, for the sake of the future, we want to recommit today by your Spirit to be a good neighbour and see your goodness flow onto others, blessed to be a blessing. I pray your blessing upon us, Lord, as we continue to meet in Jesus' name. Amen.